This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Dealing with Enemies. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener looking for comedy class advice and another listener who wants to know about moving in with her partner. Then we're talking about what's in the news, why Ivanka probably isn't welcome back in New York, and controversial virginity tests. But first, Angela, how are you doing this week? What's going on? What's new? You know, I had a real shit day today. I was, uh, my story that I was going to tell you this week was going to be a little like anecdote about doing therapy from home and having to transition from therapy brain into like socializing brain. Uh, but then my new therapist, wait, who wait, I pause. really, really love. Wait, pause. When you do do therapy from home, though, because I have a question yeah. that I don't want to forget to ask. Where, what room do you go in? Because, like, I can't do therapy when, like, like you don't want people in your house hearing. Like, how do you talk right. about yeah. Ian is my real question. It's really hard because even if I'm not talking about Ian, I just want to feel like I can freely talk about whatever. And even if there are things that I share with him, I just don't like when people are listening to me talking. So it's no, very it's different. awkward. It's a different way you talk about your problems with your partner yeah. versus, like, your therapist. Because there's certain ways you'll frame it, like – do you go like I, I can suggest like the walk, the walk and talk, the walk. So outside. I, but then I'm like, oh, strangers can hear me. Like, I don't want to, I want to be in like a cone of silence, um, especially like not that I ever cry that much in therapy, although spoiler alert, <laughs> I did today. Um, but uh, if I'm going to like cry or I just want to be like open to any emotion that might come up. So, yeah, I, it is hard to find a place to do the therapy when I live in a tiny one-bedroom apartment and now it's winter time so it's not like Ian can even really I mean he can go for a walk but I feel bad telling him to go for a walk I'm like, you, you could get like weather. you could go in your bathroom and then put like a sound machine outside I mean that's basically my therapist had like a sound machine outside her door usually when we used to do yeah. in-person sessions and like you really can't hear anything you know so what we did or what we've been doing is yes Ian puts on his headphones and he either listens to music or, like, today he took a nap and listened to, like, ocean sounds with his headphones on. And he goes in the bedroom and shuts the door. You and just have to trust I, he doesn't secretly and, have it on yeah, silent. Yeah, have, we have a, a trust. It's uh, it's an agreement. And I, I guess I trust him. But – Anyway, why were you crying today? So today – it's, like, so – it's been so hard for me to find somebody that I really like. And I really love the person that I've been seeing. And I've been seeing her for – like a month, I guess, at this point. And four, four sessions. Four sessions, but I feel really bonded to her. And But she's out of network for me. And uh, Which you knew going in. Which I did know going in, although I didn't know it before the consultation. But then, yeah, I knew it going in. And I had to figure out a bunch of stuff with my insurance company because it, my insurance does partially cover out of network stuff. But it was unclear how much would be covered because insurance is really confusing to navigate and I really struggle. It's just kind of like not something that comes easy to me in terms of understanding. Um, but so we finally got it all sorted out and uh, she had been 
charging me one price and I thought maybe that we could move forward with that price, but it turns out we couldn't and we Wait, kind of Wait, why? Uh it's a whole complicated thing. I'm not even going to get into the details, but basically insurance in this company is fucked up and uh it was very expensive. Uh and like for for what would make sense for her, it was not a price that I could do on a weekly basis. What did she want? It was, like it was going to wind up costing me like yeah, one fifty. I was gonna say that's um, like standard, yeah, but that's fucking. Actually, crazy. no, that's not even. That's actually one fifty was what I was like. I was like, I can stretch and do one fifty because with insurance, like they, I wouldn't be paying one fifty. But she was like, she wanted to do two hundred, whatever. Blah, blah blah blah. But it was just like fuck. And when she told me that, I just started falling and then I felt so bad because I was like I, I don't want you to think that you're making me cry it's okay that you're asking because you know like a feminist yeah, to the end I'm like you have to ask for what you deserve as I say you know <laughs> that like tonight she went to her therapist and like and she was like I just like did I do the right thing and the therapist is like you asked for what you deserve right. like you exactly. didn't do anything wrong and you know that she's talking to her therapist about it and her therapist is like you honored your needs Claire exactly <laughs> Exactly. And that's what I was trying to be like, no, you asked for what you need. You're a strong woman. <laughs> but uh, I was just – I also, like, I just get so embarrassed with, like, cry. I, like, never cry or – I mean, I cry all the I time, but not in therapy. I still cry with my therapist. I, like, exactly. I so feel it's, too, like, we, like, I should be able to. And, like, she's she's been like, it's okay. She's I can't even tell – I mean, she doesn't really do anymore. But for – there's been a lot of times where she'd be like, it's okay to cry. Like, I think she could tell that I right. – and then it makes me feel like, am I supposed to be crying right now or am I soulless? Because there's sometimes well, where like, she said that and I don't feel like crying. Oh, that's weird. That's awkward. And then there's been definitely times where I like, I'm crying. I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying over this. Ah. Right. I've been like, I definitely like, I don't, I don't want to cry. Like I've been like on the verge of tears and I kind of fight it back. And then the therapist is like, it's okay to cry. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not crying. But uh, yeah, I'm embarrassed that this is what made me cry. But she was like you know what? This is just a drop in the bucket too much for you. <laughs> she was like, I I overwhelmed you. You're going through a stressful time and this was just one extra thing. And I was like, you're so great. You're even coaching me through this. Um, so now she's, I don't know what's going to happen. I think she's going to recommend new people for me, but I'm also going to be like, I really wanted to work with her. So I'm going to figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to pay $200, but I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, just keep fighting it with your insurance. Like I know there's ways where they can like Yeah, my mine's out of network, but I like bought it to get it in. It's a whole story. It's actually pretty hard to find. I mean she It was very hard. She, I got rejected like five times. I had to send like these crazy letters where I Yeah. She was like, Yeah, it's gonna be hard for you to find somebody that takes insurance right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. Good to know. She was I'm like, sorry. Yeah, most people don't accept insurance. And I was like, Oh, it's that. because insurance companies suck and therapists don't yeah. want to don't want to deal with it. And they un- yeah. and they underpay them. So. Yeah, but whatever, I will figure it out. Yes, you will. But it was an emotional day for me. How was your day? Um, uh, my day's good. We're preparing because my dog, who is my firstborn, my daughter, she's 9 years old. My 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 puppy, Samo is getting um a designer vagina in two days. <laughs> so you casually mentioned that to me earlier, and I was like, "What does that mean?" 
because I really don't know. No, I'm like, I'm joking that I, I'm joking that it's a designer vagina. I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm genuinely scared because I'm scared when anybody, creature, dog, human goes under anesthesia and like convinced they're not going to wake up. So I'm terrified, but she's been getting a lot of UTIs just this last year and never got them before. And the vet suggested that she do a vulva tuck. And I was like, what? <laughs> getting like Sam's a, a porn star. She's getting a vagina. Of like a vaginoplasty, like a designer vagina. And apparently like that can like you do this talk and it like helps like bacteria not get trapped. And I was like, I had chronic UTIs <laughs> for like five years. They put me on all these antibiotics. Nobody suggested that I get a designer vagina. Why didn't the- you just had to talk to your vet about it? Who Why knew? <laughs> didn't no one suggest that I get a, va- a designer vagina when I had all my chronic UTIs? I, I like I went to the hospital one time because it spread to my kidney and still nobody suggested my dog gets three UTIs in a year. I went through hell for five years and a hospital stay and nobody's made this suggestion to me, my dog. And that's why I was so confused when she suggested it. I was like, what, what, that's how you're going to solve her UTIs. Okay. I have a lot of experience with UTIs. No one ever suggested a designer vagina to me. Like I didn't know insurance differently for humans. What? Maybe it works differently for humans. Yeah, sure. Different anatomies. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so I'm like, I'm like, my poor puppy's vagina. I just like hope it goes well. She's gonna be a have a cone in her head. She's also getting these like benign growths and her teeth cleaned and like, and then because I'm like a psycho paranoid person and I like love my dog I was like I also want you to do like a full body x-ray just make sure everything's okay there's no like gross like because she's when you know it's hard to do like a full body x-ray because they like move so much you know but I'm like she's under anesthesia like look for I don't want to say the c word but I was like look for anything you know because she's having all these benign growths and like I was like she's getting her while she's getting her just you know designer vagina just do like a full body x-ray so she's getting a lot of stuff done it's very expensive and you know, whatever, who cares about money because she's my child and I love her and she's worth every penny. But, um, but I'm also just going to come out of surgery. So cocky. She's going to be like strutting around. Like I got a young vagina now. Yep. We can only hope pussy popping. We can only hope that Sam is going to be like the the hit of Brooklyn. I'm going to, what, what are those sites people like do? Like, like, um, if I find her in front of like a, like a camp, like a home camp, like doing one of those, like a sex cam. Oh, like uh, fans only. Thank Sam you. Sam's going to have a fans only yep. account. Look for my dog Samo's fans only account after, oh, after, no. after this week. All right. On that note, it is time for us to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. And what I love about Care Of is I like the vitamin packs because it's not fun to open a bunch of different bottles. It's a pain it's a pain in the butt. Also when you're traveling, whenever we can travel again in the future, it's just helpful. You just grab five packs and you you know five little individualized daily packs. You can just like toss them in your bag. That's helpful. And it just simplifies life. Yeah. And even when you're stuck home, it's 
nice to have a routine, especially a healthy routine. So like waking up and popping some vitamins is a good way to start your day. So they make that easy. Um, All of Care-of's products are formulated with good for you clean ingredients that are backed by science. Care-of's in-depth five-minute online quiz asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help address your specific wellness goals. And you don't have to make any big resolutions this year. I know it's a new year, but like small impactful changes are just as important, uh, like adding a daily vitamin to help support your energy, sleep, or fitness to target those goals, whether in the short or long term. Or you could do what Angela and I do each year with our resolutions, which is we just roll them over to the next year if we don't do them. That's right. Just keep <laughs> kicking that can down the road. Uh, for 50% off your first care of order, Go to takecareof.com slash this is why five zero and enter code this is why fifty. That's fifty percent off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com slash this is why fifty and enter code this is why five zero. Angelo, what have we received in the mailbox? Um, well, first up we have a question from our listener Olive B. And Olive B writes, your success has really been a source of inspiration. And is it weird to say I'm effing proud of y'all? Because I am. Uh, It's not weird. Thank you. Uh, She says, crazy that you started as a sketch show. My boyfriend is actually very hilarious and I'm not the type to build his head for nothing. LOL. But he has such an interest in pursuing comedy. But I know he's apprehensive for stability reasons. I wanted to know if you could recommend some classes that would help. And even if they are in New York, that's fine. Because like I said, we're thinking of relocating that way anyways. Um, Which she said, I think we edited down the email. Um, If you guys have any advice on following your big crazy dreams that your parents would tell you not to do, I would really appreciate it for me and my boyfriend. Love you guys so much. And I'll be riding with y'all until you stop the train. But please don't. Oh, I love this email. Um, I know. I like to be transparent that like we had day jobs even like after we got our book deal. I was still working at People Magazine. Angela was working in marketing. So it's not like – And we definitely don't recommend quitting your job. We do not. We do not recommend it until you like like, literally have enough money in the bank to cover like three years salary. Right. Because you just don't know how long this stuff will last. Um, But – it's really hard for me to give this advice, Angela, in quarantine pandemic times because she sent this email very recently. And um, what I would normally say, I'd be like, you got to go just go start, you know, in the meantime, just start developing a community. You know, you're not going to like take a class and then end up on SNL or end up in a writer's room. But like start taking classes at the People's Improv Theater, Second City or the Upright Citizens Brigade, depending on what city you're in just like look up what the best improv and or sketch writing classes are just you know do it as a hobby for enjoyment to get out there like Angela said keep your day job but that's like a good place to start for me in New York City I love Gotham Writers Workshop that's been like an incredible like I've taken a bunch of classes there just writing classes where you workshop stuff personally I like the in-person classes (laughs) I like I have not personally done any classes uh virtually um I feel bad saying that because I know a lot of these like teachers and these classes and organizations are struggling and they're making a lot of money doing the virtual classes I just like haven't bothered doing them but also I've taken like over two dozen classes since I've been in New York I've also it's not like I'm have a need for classes 
right this second. And if I had like a project I needed to workshop, maybe I would do it. I I mean, I would for sure have done it, but I was just kind of like, I, I, I've been taking like this past year. I've like, you know what? I'm taking what I'm calling like a consumption break. I, my book ended, my book came out right when the quarantine hit. It was like a hard time to launch a book. Hopefully it'll be a TV show, TBD, but I was getting like a lot of like rejection when I was trying to write different pieces. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a kind of consumption break. Then I got pregnant, got really sick for, you know, a few months. So it's been kind of like a tough, weird year for work for me. But I'm hoping in the new year, I'll like, like normally when I get in like kind of a creative rut, taking a class has always helped me get out of it. Like that's where I met Angela. That's how we wrote the Spire Single Project. I was in another creative rut when that, when our whole thing ended, even though we were still doing the podcast together, I took some more classes. I met uh, a girl named Ellen and we wrote a new show that turned in, that also got a book deal. So classes have always helped me get out of creative ruts. So I'm like very pro class and recommend them to anybody. I mean, ever anybody wants like some kind of like simple solution and they're, or they're like, Hey, you want to be my writing partner? I'm like, I'm not just like, that's not really how it works. You kind of have to like feel each other out and like see each other's work in a class environment usually is like a great way to kind of try each other out or just like, you know, whether you want a writing partner or you're just looking for somebody to give you feedback on your work, it's just a great place because you've got a lot of creative people in like one space. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. What else would you say to that? Well, yeah, obviously in-person classes are ideal once things are eventually back to normal because yeah, it's not just about what you learn in the class. It's also about the people that you meet and whether they're people that you're going to collaborate with or even just people, you know, it's it can inspire you to be around other creative people because you'll inevitably socialize with them. And it's just like an overall wonderful experience. It was a wonderful experience for me. But in the meantime, it's actually kind of great timing for you because so many comedy places have converted to online classes. And even though you're not going to get the full effect, it's like you, you're not based. In, I don't know where you guys are based, but before you like move somewhere to potentially pursue a comedy career or whatever, you can dip your toe in the water from wherever you live now and take classes that are based in New York or Chicago or LA online. Um, so I would recommend doing that. I'm sh- I don't know if they're doing like online improv classes. That seems like it would be strange, but it could, it could happen. It could exist. Um, where I don't know if you said, but where Laura and I met was the people's improv theater, which is still standing and God willing, we'll survive the pandemic because we lost UCB, but People's Improv Theater is still going strong. And I know that they're offering online classes. I've also seen a lot of people from like the New York comedy community offering to do like coaching and like one-on-one stuff. So because a lot of people are out of work right now. I don't know what they're doing. If like, yeah, I mean, I like yoga teachers, improv teachers, like anybody just like. What it's you, rough. What do you do? What, what have they been rough. doing? It's so sad. Um, well, anyways, we hope that's helpful. Gives you a little bit of inspiration. What else do we have in the mailbox? Um, well, now we have from an anonymous listener, and their subject line was moving in doubts. Aha. So she says, hi, Lauren, Angela. I love the rebrand, but today I have a relationship question for you. Which is totally fine. Let me say, I don't know why people are like, think we don't want to talk about relationships anymore. I love it. I love, I still enjoy it. So 
you can Same. still send your relationship woes to us. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, it's the only thing we have a book written about. So in that sense, we are dating experts um, because we have a book. So she says, my boyfriend of almost two years and I, we're both 25, are talking about moving in together in the near future. I've been wanting to for a while, but it's taking some time due to my boyfriend needing to find a job to relocate to my city. However, lately I've been having some doubts about moving in together and about our relationship in general. There are so many things I love about him, but I find myself questioning if I'm settling. Do you think it's normal to have these doubts? How can I bring this up with my boyfriend without making him worried? Is it okay to still move in with him even if I'm having these doubts? Help. Thanks, and I love you guys, and I love the pod. You okay? You number one, you cannot bring this up with your boyfriend that you're worried about settling. And I know it's funny that you like. I've almost done this too. Like you have concerns about someone, and and you you kind of was like, well, your boyfriend's probably like the person you talk to most, and you go to him about like friend problems and work problems, and so like it's like you almost want to go to him also for advice on like himself, but it doesn't work that way. So do not bring this up to him. It will only hurt his feelings. There's literally no benefit except, yes, you're going to make him insecure and you're going to make him feel bad about himself. And like the question of you feeling like you're settling is something only you can answer. Like he is who he is. Like he's either like a very ambitious person who like wants to be some like CEO one day or he's somebody that's like really happy with just like a normal like job like he could be like I don't know a manager at like a Starbucks and like and he's really happy with his like life and like and like neither option is better than the other it's just like who he is and so you making a judgment on like the type of person that you think you want to be with is like an internal thing that only like you can decide but nothing you wrote in your email is like that he's like a bad person or that he's not nice or that he like cheats on you or that like he like is self-centered it's just like you think you're settling so I can only assume that maybe it's like he's not that ambitious or but if it's the things you could bring up with him is if it's like other like other fundamental questions about what you guys want in life and like you can bring up to him do you guys want kids? Do you always want to live in the same city? Uh, do you, how many kids do you want? Like, where do you see yourself living? Do you guys both like to travel? Like, I mean, the travel thing's not as important. Like, Nix doesn't like traveling and I do. So we just like found a compromise and I do like to try to do more trips with friends so that I can fulfill something and not force him to do something he doesn't want to do. But there's certain fundamental things in life that like are not workarounds. But if you're worried about settling... Do not bring that up to him. It will only hurt his feelings. He is who he is. Don't make him feel bad about that. I would say, so sometimes the hardest people to break up with are the people that are exactly what you described, Laura, where, yeah, he's not cheating. He's not mean. He's not any of these, like, stereotypically, like, bad boyfriend things. He's just, like, he's nice. You're not that excited about him. He's just nice. And you feel like you're settling. And, like, sometimes those people are hard to break up with because you feel like, well, there's something wrong with him. Am I a bad person for wanting to break up with him? And no, you're not a bad person. He could be perfectly fine. But if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. And that's okay. Um, moving in with him. So that's that's already a difficult person to break up with. And then once you move in with someone, 
it's even harder to break up with them. So you need to keep that in mind as you're making this decision. There are so many people that stay in shitty relationships because they live together and it's too complicated to end it. And then they wind up wasting so much time with the wrong person because it's like, oh, well, then I have to find a new apartment and we have to divide up all of our stuff. And it's just like a headache. So I think that you probably should not move in with him until you suss out how you're feeling. I do think that you can talk to him about like your um, reservations, but I agree with Laura. You shouldn't phrase it the way you did to us. Is like, I think I'm settling because no. that's like, that's you, not going to be a productive conversation. You can't use that word ever. Like you can, I like the way like Angela framed it. Like you could say like, I'm just not sure we have like enough, like you could, I don't even know if you said chemistry, but like, but like yeah. I would just frame it around like not feeling like you have enough like chemistry or passion or like, because then it's just like, it's like this like ethereal thing that's either like there or not. But if it's like, I think I'm settling because you're not, I mean, I'm just assuming it's a, like an ambitious thing because any of my friends have talked about settling. It's usually has to do with like money. And it's like, it's like, oh, he's not like rich enough or he's not like he, you know, is doesn't have like a fancy enough job. So I'm just assuming it's about that. Because if it's about anything else, I really wouldn't have used the word settling. I would use the word, I would use like the word, like, we don't want the same thing. Like I would have said, we don't, right. we have, we want different things in life. Like he, he wants this and I want this or he but wants in, to, live, in whatever he wants to way. live in our small town and I want to go to like the big city, like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. So. It sounds like he just doesn't match what her vision was for what her person would be. And he's, he's falling short of whatever that vision is, whatever that entails. Um, and you're never going to find somebody that checks all of your boxes, but the good should outweigh the bad, you know? Absolutely. Um, if any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at this is why the podcast.com. We are, we love answering dating advice, still friendship stuff, workplace woes, stuff with your parents, neighbors, throw it at us. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why the podcast.com. Next, we're going to talk about what's in the news. Angela, what have you been reading this week? So I have been reading about Ivanka Trump. Um, what would you do if you saw her at a restaurant, even like outdoor dining where she was wearing a mask? Like, would you throw so, a, would you throw a drink on her? This is the funny thing, because right now, all of uh, New York and New York Twitter, whatever, everybody, like this whole, this article is about Ivanka Trump is not welcome back in New York City. And everybody's like, oh, if I see her, like I'm going to, she's not welcome anywhere. We're going to boo her out of restaurants and we're going to boo her out of museums. And I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I think it's what she deserves, but I don't know how many people actually have the balls to do it. I don't know if I would have the balls to do it. I think that if somebody else was booing, I would join in the booing. I don't know if I would initiate the booing. I would definitely look at her. I would give her some mean side eye. I saw Tucker Carlson once at a restaurant and I was like, is that fucking Tucker Carlson? And I just glared at him. But that was the most I could muster. Oh, I would so, do the boo. I would boo. I mean, I, mean, I would boo with like, other not people. If I, was I just in, don't like, know if I would initiate. Yeah. Because I'd be scared. <laughs> but I would feel it in my heart. I would be booing in my heart. You, what would you be scared of though? Because like they're the famous person where if they like lash back out at you, like they're the ones that would look like a dick. You know what I mean? Like I don't like if I, he I flicked guess... you off or something, or she flicked you off, like she that would be over the news on her, not you. You know? 
I mean, I I'd guess, be I guess, of, like, I guess, conservative person filming me and me going viral and then getting death threats from crazy MAGA people. Okay, okay, fair, 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 fair. fair. But uh, I really, I really do hope and pray that because I, I do think that the one thing that she values in her life is her little like social world and like being this like hoity-toity New York lady. So I do hope that we get to take that away from her because she shouldn't be accepted back into polite society because she has enabled some disgusting, horrible things by way of her father and been a disgusting, horrible person herself. But so there was this, uh, the Atlantic published a profile of her and um, the reporter, Elena Plott, she, she interviewed all of Ivanka's friends and she wrote, Ivanka believes that this won't harm her in the long term. She is intent on returning to New York when her time in the White House is over. Invitations to the Met Gala, dinners with girlfriends at Italian restaurants, charity events. She is said to be certain that they're all waiting for her. Um, Because I'm sure that there are people, like, if they actually are friends with her, are, like, not maybe publicly being, like, we support Ivanka, but they're probably, I'm sure she has some kind of circle that are, like, you know, secretly texting her. And she also in New York, she was friends with like the Murdochs and stuff like that's who brought her like the Murdoch exes who brought her and Kushner back together when they broke up. And now they're married with kids. and We know the whole story. So it wasn't like her. She was friends with this like liberal, like cool. Well, kid she was also circle. wasn't she friends with Chelsea Clinton? Like, wasn't that a whole thing that they were eh. actually friendly with the Clintons and friendly ish? I think I don't think friendly ish. Yeah, I don't think they were like BFS. They were they they're they're I, I don't know. But yeah, they that was definitely that, different. People wanted that for a while. They would like they would pose on red carpets together and stuff. But I don't I don't know how much they were like hanging out. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she might still have the same social circle, but in terms of going to, like, all the hip restaurants, going to the Met Gala and stuff, I would hope that she would not be welcome there. I don't know who's going to dress her, like, what designer would be down to, like, be associated with Ivanka Trump at the Met Gala. Yeah, shit's going to change for sure, for sure. I hope so, but we'll see. I very – I've lost my – my faith that people get their comeuppance. So she'll probably be fine. We'll see. God bless. God bless. Uh, what are you reading about? So I was reading this crazy story in the New York Post about these controversial virginity tests that have been offered in UK medical clinics. This is written by Paula Froelich. So there's these controversial virginity tests which involve intrusive and unscientific examinations, and they're being offered in medical clinics all around Britain, according to an investigation. So a test claims to determine if a woman's hymen is intact. And it's also considered a violation of human rights by the World Health Organization and the United Nations. Despite this, the BBC identified several private clinics across the country that confirmed that they offer the procedure. Um, But doctors say it provides no evidence as to whether a woman has had sex or not. Uh, They interview this doctor, Dr. Khan, who says the whole idea that the absence of part of the hymen means you're not a virgin is wrong. First of all, it can be torn for various reasons. And if I was to say it is torn, I need to repair it. And then I can give you a certificate. That means I'm giving a false certificate. So they do this testing for 200 to $400. Uh, and then 16 confirmed that they 
perform hymen repair surgery, which is insane. I don't understand the point of that. It's and that ranges from two thousand to four thousand dollars. So I don't know if you remember. I think we talked about this on the podcast, but last year the rapper Ti like got the yeah. wrath the wrath of the internet because he revealed on a podcast called Ladies Like Us that he takes his daughter to yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her hymen, and like that's that's horrific, like, horrific, and like it's so like fun. medieval. <laughs> it's like medieval and like chastity belt. Yeah, it's crazy. So I did a little research while well, I looked up on like parent. Planned Parenthood to see what they had to say about all this and like the hymen and virginity. So I thought I would just clear a few things up. So what's virginity? So a virgin is obviously someone who's never had sex, but people divine sex and losing virginity in many different ways. So a virgin is someone who's never had sex, but it's not as quite as simple as it seems. Uh, Planned Parenthood says that's because sex means different things to different people. Virginity can mean different things too. A lot of people think that having a penis and a vagina sex for the first time is how you lose your virginity, but that leaves a lot of people and other types of sex out of the picture. Some people haven't had penis and vagina sex, but they've had other kinds of sex like oral or anal, and they may not see themselves as virgins. And then there are lesbian, gay, bisexual, pansexual people who may never have penis and vagina sex at all, and they don't see themselves as lifelong virgins. So virginity is complicated. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about the hymen, what the hymen is, because I'm still like confused by it. The hymen is a thin, fleshy tissue. It's located at the opening of the vagina, and the hymen can be stretched open the first time you have sex, which might cause some pain or bleeding, but this doesn't happen to everybody. But it can also be like stretched and open by riding a bike, doing sports, putting anything in your vagina, like a tampon, a finger, a sex toy, anything. And once it's stretched open, it, it doesn't grow back. So that's actually what I was going to say was I have always heard that for a lot of women, their hymen just kind of naturally breaks long before they lose their virginity. Yes, because like especially women like now they're very active. You like ride a bike yeah. and it can break. Um, also, some people are born with their hymens naturally open and there's just a lot of activities that can stretch it. So. You can't really tell if somebody's had sex by the way their hymen looks or feels because, like, yeah, you ride a bike and or you're just born that way. And actually, yeah. I know someone – well, I know someone who dated someone who had the opposite. She had an impenetrable hymen. It was a whole thing. She had to get it medically um, penetrated and did, because a penis did, would not do it. Did uh, she know that before she tried to have sex or she tried to have sex and it was just too painful and then they like – she went to the – because normally – I would think you'd go to the gynecologist like way before you have sex. You normally go when you're what? Like when you have your period around then, which is like what? Right. 12, 13? Whoop. No, this was – this was this would have been in high school I think. So I I do not know. Maybe I mean it's, I guess it's very possible that she hadn't gone to a gynecologist at that point, but I do think that – she found out because they tried to have sex and it did not feel right. And yeah, she had to have it medically penetrated. I don't think that's very common, but it's a thing. There you go. Well, uh, on that note, it is now time for our topic of the week. This week's topic is dealing with enemies. Very dramatic. Yes. 
That is a dramatic, but this almost seems like this is the appropriate sound cue for this week's topic. Sometimes the sound cue is not appropriate. Um, all right. I love the word enemy. I use it very exaggeratingly. I think it's a fun word. So when I say enemy, I usually mean people that I think kind of suck and like how I deal with them. So I talk about having like enemies. I'll tell you who my current enemies are, Angela. Okay. Both of them are neighbors. Uh, this is because I don't have a lot of enemies. I generally avoid conflict. I don't engage in friendships that are not supportive ones. I typically avoid family members that cause me a lot of stress or I don't think are good in my life. Like I'm not going to have a, have like this kind of crazy aunt. And I'm like, if you were in my life on a date, you would cause me so much stress. Like it could turn enemy, not enemy, but like, I'm just not going to, I just don't engage. I, I would never, you never like a fan. I guess you can have a family member that's an enemy, but that that's rare. Usually you just have conflict. Um, so my enemies are people I cannot escape from because anybody I just kind of start to dislike, I'm like, goodbye, goodbye. You know, you'd have to really hurt, yeah. hurt me as a friend and be like a total dick. But like, I'll probably, if I'm smart, I'll, I would stop the friendship before it, that would happen. Well, I think that that's a function of getting older too, because in preparing for this episode, I was thinking about that and I was like, I don't identify with the whole idea of like frenemies, like people that have frenemies. No. I'm like, I'm far too sensitive a person to like have someone in my life who isn't tied to me by like, yeah, being a neighbor or coworker or something like to just choose to have a friend who I don't like that doesn't compute for me. No, me neither. And like, it's very stressful. Definitely growing up, like there were people that would try to like sabotage my life, like in middle school and high school. Like there are people that will literally try to like sabotage you. Like there were like mean girls and like they would like send me notes or cry or make me cry or like, you know, they like go up your house. They crank call you like people like sabotage you. Like I had definitely enemies when I was younger, but like that would be insane to have know anybody in my life that would like do that kind of shit to me now that would just be crazy and I'm not hopefully I will not piss anybody off enough where they would try to do that to me now I don't know the internet's crazy though that's why I'm like probably private on Instagram now and like I barely go on Twitter but but it is is funny I didn't read your examples of who your enemies are but I was like mine is also a neighbor so I think as you age and you're in your 30s it's people you can't escape from because you you just like your neighbors you'll just weed out shitty people before they can sabotage you or try to like you know do mean shit to you you just kind of like cut them out before they you'd even get to the point where they could like not like you that much so the first neighbor lives above me they smoke cigarettes the smoke was getting to my apartment when I was first pregnant with Rilo I like confronted them really nice I was like I'm pregnant like the smoke is in my apartment I like don't want the secondhand smoke and they were like they gave me like a dirty look and said like I'm not gonna stop smoking I don't know what to tell you and I was like cool you are now my enemy. <laughs> and so how do I deal with them, Angela? Like a child. I give them extreme dirty looks in the building. I won't take the elevator with them. I yell, put on a mask if I see them. I've given my middle finger at them. Um, they've also flooded my apartment six or seven times because, I don't know, they just like don't know how to turn off faucets. Unclear. Um, one time the guy, like, I was like crying because my apartment's like literally raining and like he's like I don't believe you and he like runs into my apartment with shoes on and like yelling at me and then sure enough there's water so anyways he's like I feel like infringed on my personal space and safety and like affected my my health and well-being through like the smoking and stress so true enemy and I I handle it like a child 
My other well, but the fact that you've been able to like give them the middle finger and all that stuff, I want to be I want you to be at the first restaurant Ivanka Trump tries to enter yeah. in New York City yeah, because yeah, yeah. you will be the one to initiate. He's also like much older. Aggression. Yeah, I think it's like much older, so it's like if, if it was like someone my age and I was doing it too, I think I might be a little more scared, but this is like someone that's like I don't know why it makes it a little easier. <laughs> doing it at, like you're picking at, on an old man no no he's not a, he's not an old man he's a fucking evil old man and but he's not old he's not old he's just older than me anyway he's not like fragile no god no i would never i would never i would never if it was like if it was just like an angry old man i would like feel sad about that um the other neighbor so this person is kind of like an unjustified enemy because we have like mutual friends and I found out they live in my building. But, you know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, when it was like, you know, all you got to do is like stay in your apartment for two weeks. And it was on legit lockdown. This is when like New York was empty. There were no cars on the street. Everything mm-hmm. was shut down. So they were like inviting friends on the rooftop and like drinking rosé oh, no. on our rooftop. And that was when social, there was no social distancing. That was not even a thing. It was real lockdown. And so... After that, I was like, you don't care about my health. You're inviting people into our building. This is so unacceptable. You are now enemy. Like, we will never be friends. We will never be friends. And so I don't yell at them because that's weird. And I don't think that they're more like a, I'm like, I give a little like side eye. I don't really say hi. If they say hi, I go, hi. Like, they probably just think I'm. I'm very passive aggressive. They probably just think I'm like a very like kind of rude person and like not that friendly mm-hmm. and kind of they probably just think I'm like kind of rude, maybe a little awkward. I don't know what they think about me. I don't really care, but I just don't. I think they're just stupid. So, yeah. Do you have any enemies, Angela? Um, well, I, I you know, I did have a similar thing where there were people on my roof at the at the beginning of the pandemic same thing where it was like scary to see people socializing and they had like a little party on a roof i never saw them again i don't know where they came from but wherever they are i would say they are my enemy you can have a one time one interaction enemy but yeah my i have a neighbor who is an older lady who i've given many chances to even though she's been rude to me every time i uh the day that we moved in we used a power tool for like legit 10 minutes we were done we were moving in brand new apartment and she knocked on our door first person we met in our building to be like you can't use power tools on the weekends and i was like oh it's like that oh it's like that bitch it's like that bitch you stickler by the rules i see and we and we were like so and you know whatever like whatever she she had her it was her right to do that but she was just so nasty about it and we were so like oh we're so sorry and she just like was like nasty and then like I'm always like, fuck that lady, fuck that lady. And Ian being, you know, Ian is like, oh, but she lives alone. I feel bad for her. Be nice to her. So then I see her on the street and I smile at her and she doesn't smile back. Um, <laughs> like, you know what? We are enemies. You're on my shit list, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian's, um, Ian sounds like Nick. Like he doesn't get, he doesn't, he doesn't feel like the, the venom that I feel in pulsing through my veins when I see the other neighbors, like I, I see them, I'm like, it's like seeing my enemy on the street uh, the the upstairs neighbors, not the like non-social distancing neighbors, the non-social distancing neighbors. I just think they're like kind of just like stupid millennial, like just like whatever. They don't give a shit. They're young. They want to party, whatever. But 
the upstairs neighbors because they've been so cruel to me and mean to me and like we've just had so many like back and forth fights about the smoking and about them like like the noise the flooding like it's like been like non-stop and like every interaction's gone bad they are true enemies but like he doesn't feel like the anger I feel I don't know so ultimately our advice here is hold grudges (laughs) be a petty bitch and hold a grudge with your enemies um but okay I'll tell you my real advice how do I actually if I'm giving advice to my podcast listeners recommend dealing with enemies ignore do not engage do not do what I do because people are crazy you do not want enemies it's really not safe when in doubt get outsiders involved like you're like with the people upstairs like I've gotten our super involved building manager like I contacted a lawyer at one point like have witnesses so if you need to (laughs) engage like you know people are crazy they're volatile you don't know people that well like really try your best not to have enemies or if you do have enemies have the enemies like I have with like our the shitty social distancers where they don't actually know that they're my enemy they just think I'm like a little probably weird which is fine do not have enemies like people are crazy avoid people that don't make you happy weed them out of your life you don't want people who don't like you out there like you just don't want people in the world that don't like you out in the world like it's scary it scares me I don't know what they could do. I don't know what they're capable of. Like, I don't want to know. So just do not have, try not, try your, anything you can to not have enemies. We all have our enemy list in our mind though. And like, that's normal. I don't know if you follow Roxanne Gay on Twitter. She has like a, a list of nemesises who she, she never calls them by name, but she'll like tweet like my nemesis did this today. Um, and it's really funny. Oh, that's funny. I love the word. I love the word nemesis. That's, that's funny. I didn't use that word for this title of this podcast because that's a word I used to use a lot as like a joke I used to say like maybe in when we first started the podcast I used to talk about nemesis a lot I don't know it's I used to I feel like to to be a nemesis I think you have to be on another level than just like an annoying neighbor like that's like that's like a personal vendetta thing but I don't know yeah in terms of I the only other advice that I have about enemies is more geared towards like like a neighbor, you're really you can easily avoid for the most part. You're not like socializing with them, but like people that I've worked with that I haven't gotten along uh, with in the past, that I sucks. like that's harder to avoid. And and that can affect say, your livelihood, like and your career, like that. Oh, yeah. What would you say to that? My best way of dealing with it is kind of just like compartmentalizing and being like it's business time we are doing business things I am not feeling my feelings until I walk away from this interaction um and then like like basically like keeping your interactions limited to like the professional setting and anything that's above your pay grade being able to walk away and being like nope this is this is not uh part of the job description this is not um advancing me or benefiting me in any way and I don't need to be here and I'm gonna remove myself I have had nemesis at work and I yeah there there's this one there was like this makeup artist at people magazine that was like a psycho I forget what she did she like anyways yeah she was she was literally I mean she was like mentally like a psycho person and tried to like ruin my life at the end of my tenure there um and then there was another person at my first magazine that I worked at in New York who 
Yeah, she, it, it got to the point where she was like sabotaging things I was trying to do at work. Like I was in charge of all the events and like had to do the requests and then she would secretly put in a request. So then when I would put one in, they'd be like, we already we already gave approval to I'll, I'll pretend her name is like Summer. We already gave approval to Summer. And I was like, what? This is my job, though. Like what? It, why Summer? She's not supposed to be emailing. Like it was she was it's like her real name, Autumn. It's something like that. I'll just say that. It's she spring. Was, yeah, she was. <laughs> she was making my. She was like, yeah, it was affecting my career, so that was a whole issue. But yeah, yeah I just tried to like separate, separate, and do my job, separate myself, and do my job. They can pop up anywhere. They truly can. Well, that is it for this week's. This is why podcast. Check out our book. This is why you're single. My new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling, and other feminist fairy tales. They are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and we encourage you to get them from your local bookstore. And you get hooked, hooked up with all... Uh, blah, 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 blah. You get hooked up with discounts. That's it. From all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, you can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes, and thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>